filled with sorrow and care. Hearts are lonely and drear. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, My grace is all you need. My power is strongest when you are weak. So I am very happy to brag about how weak I am. Then Christ's power can rest on me.
Good morning and happy Sabbath. Let's go ahead and pray one more time. Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful opportunity to hear and talk about grace. Grace that is greater than all our sins. I pray again that you would anoint my lips, that you would empty each one of us of ourselves so that we can be filled with you. Rebuke Satan's power to distract us, and we just ask that you would fill this place with your presence. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I love the words of that song, the opening hymn, Marvelous Grace. Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that is greater than all our sins. Looking back at our scripture, we're going to back it up a couple of verses. 2 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Today we are going to talk about grace. In this story, Paul is writing to the Corinthians. At this stage in his life, as it says there, he has been afflicted with an issue. We understand that it is... Most likely an eye issue. How many of you have problems seeing from time to time? Yes, there are many people wearing glasses out there. Well, I don't know if how many of you knew, but uh, I had a little bit of a scare with my own eyesight. I had some trouble with my left eye, and there was potential for some serious complications. But praising God, I got a clean bill of health from my doctor this last week. So I'm right along with Paul there. However, my eyes got better, and it says here that his didn't. He requested how many times? Three times for this issue to be taken away. And our scripture says, this is God's response to him. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. I think it's good to talk about grace. Sometimes we we don't talk about grace enough, right? Right? Let me ask you, what comes to mind when you hear the word grace? There's quite a few different concepts out there. So throw some some words out there for me, some meanings. Getting something you don't deserve. Unmerited favor, thank you. Anything else? What was that? Divine influence in your life. I like it. I looked up a definition, and what I came to was courteous goodwill. And I had also heard 
unmerited favor. I like that definition. Unmerited favor. Favor. When somebody looks on you with favor, they like you, they, something attracts you, right? What about the word unmerited? You don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. Unmerited. Uh, if we do something by our own merits, maybe we're working, we earn something. So this grace that we're talking about here is something we cannot earn. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the, the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we have once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. Not a real good picture to be thinking about ourselves like, right? Going on in verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places with Christ that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Here's the key verse. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. Again, this grace that we're talking about is not something that we can earn, not something that we can work towards ourselves. Unfortunately, in this day and age, we far too often forget to give or show grace. Look at the world around us, right? You hear on the news so much garbage that goes on, and people are so quick to point fingers We're quick to ask and receive grace, but quite often too slow to give it. We often think about ourselves far more than others. But, you know, unfortunately that's just human nature, isn't it? That's what sin has done to us. We we often fail to forgive others. But that's often kind of hard to do in certain circumstances. But we too often fail to help those who have fallen into sin, to help them stand back up on their own feet again. Now, I think we've probably already got the picture going on. Why is this grace that we're talking about so vital? Romans gives us a pretty clear answer. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. You're probably very familiar with this one. 
For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Pretty simple explanation right there, right? How many of us then need grace? All of us. All right. But so what? We sin, right? Turn over to chapter 6. And things really get serious. Because we know that the wages of sin is death. Right? Romans 6, chapter 23, or verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. But, continuing on, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. All right, so we have the foundation built. Grace, you can't earn it. Unmerited favor. We all need it. So now what does this grace look like? I have a few thoughts here, a few stories. I can think that any time Jesus healed anybody, that's grace. Because did they necessarily deserve healing? Maybe, maybe not. But he did it anyway. Because he loves us. Let's look at the story of a woman caught in adultery. John chapter 8. John chapter 8, starting in verse 1. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came to hear him. And he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said to him, testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear them. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the least. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? What did she say? No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Grace. Grace. God's grace. Grace that is greater than all our sin. How about a more recent story? How many of you have been following the news down in Dallas where Botham Jean was shot and killed? in his own apartment by an officer who mistakenly thought it was her apartment. The trial ensued, and I I think it was just this past week that I saw that came across this. 
His younger brother went and took the stand. I'm thinking after every, most everything was done with the trial. And I had written out pretty much his entire testimony there because it was just moving to me. But I forgot it at home, so I'm going to generalize and summarize. One of his opening words, I think, were, I forgive you. I love you as a person, he said, and I wish the best for you. In part of his testimony, he even said, I wasn't going to even say this in front of my family or anyone, but I wish you didn't have to go to jail. And he asked her to just give his heart to Christ. And then he asked if he could give her a hug. And that, I believe, was a pretty long embrace, and it was a moving experience. Even the judge was crying. You can argue in both of these two stories, by the letter of the law, both were guilty, but grace was shown. Let's turn over to Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. I love this verse. Romans 5 and verse 8. Because according to the law, we already read, each one of us is a sinner and guilty, right? And worthy of death. Romans 5 verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amazing. While we were yet sinners, Christ showed grace to us. We see what grace is. Now let's take a quick look at what grace isn't. Matthew 18, verses 23 to 34 tells a story that is definitely not a grace. Matthew eighteen twenty three. I believe this is a parable of the unforgiving servant. Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servant. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay... His master commanded him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that the payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. This part would be grace. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But what continues? But the servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servants fell down at his feet and begging him saying, Have patience with me and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into the prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what he had done, what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. 
Should you not also have, have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. Pictures of grace and what is not grace. Again, reading our scripture, grace that is, my grace is sufficient for you. Sufficient, that word, what does that word mean to you? Sufficient. Anybody? More than enough. Enough was the word I was looking for. Or satisfying requirements means that we don't need anything else. So when God says, my grace is sufficient for you, we don't need anything else. Jesus is enough. Turn with me to Isaiah 53, verses 1 through 6. Jesus is more than enough. Excuse me. Isaiah 53, starting in verse 1. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should be be, that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by man, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. <clears throat> and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I love that part. And by his stripes, we are healed. I will gladly boast in my infirmities that the power of God may rest upon me. In this part of that verse where we can do something, we know that we're all sinners, guilty, right? According to the law. But God did shed his blood, Christ's blood, on our behalf and showed grace to us. So now, let's put our own testimony to use here, folks. No one's perfect, right? We can use this fact to share grace with others. Use this fact to show where you came from. Share with somebody else who's suffering. You see somebody suffering... You can come up beside him and say, hey, I know where you've been. I've been there too. And share the story of Jesus. 
This is how God can act through each and every one of us. One more verse to look up. Turn with me, if you would, to John 15, starting in verse 1. John chapter 15 and verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire that they are to be burned. And skipping on down to verse 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. We can show grace to those around us. Sharing that a relationship with Jesus is all it takes, is the starting point. And they can experience that same grace too. When we have a relationship with him, grace just comes naturally. So in summary... Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that is greater than all our sin. And his grace is sufficient. You don't need to work towards it. You don't need to work to earn it. You can't earn it. It's free. So let go of trying to fix your own problems or the problems of other people's. Just come alongside someone who's suffering. Help them stand up and point them to Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the grace that you have for us. Thank you that we don't have to earn it, that we can't earn it. Thank you so much for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. We ask that what we've learned today we can go out and share with others and help us to remember the grace that you have for us each and every day, especially when we fall short of the expectations you have for us, Father, because we are going to trip up and fall. We know that we're all going to sin. But help us again just to remember the grace that you have for us. We thank you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to stand and sing our closing hymn. Number 336, there is a fountain, 336.
Heavenly Father, thank you so much for that beautiful song and the words that mean so much. We have a free reward, Father, because of the grace that you have given us. Help us to truly take that to heart and live for you each and every day. Be with us now as we go our separate ways. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.